Hey, folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. And tonight we're going to talk about two books, the first of which is The Flash number 800. This is both an anniversary issue and the capstone in a way to the Jeremy Adams run of the book before it relaunches in September under the pen of um, Cy Spurrier, which my computer keeps correcting to is Spurrier <laughs> because SI is uh, not as oh, common I, as I wish IS. it wasn't. We know. Uh, and, and and Mike uh, Deodato as the creative team in September. But um, before we get into this issue in particular, I know we were all pretty high on the Adams run as it was happening. This book collects sort of all of the big Wally West creators of the 21st century and puts them in a book together. I know we haven't read all of the work by the writers and artists represented here, but I think we have a pretty good sense of sort of where these, uh, you know, where these creators fall in the Wally West hierarchy. Where do we place Adam's run now that it's wrapped up? Where does it fall in the overall Wally West uh, history? I don't know. Wow. I haven't I haven't read enough of it. So same. Yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've really liked what I've read, but I've maybe read like half of it at, at best. Mm-hmm. Half of the run or half of the Wally West stuff? Well, half of that run, and honestly, yeah, like, I mean, I've not read the Wade run, I've not read the Johns run, so, yeah, I can't, I can't speak with any authority. Uh, well, I, I thought you guys would have more of an opinion on this, but okay, I guess not. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's well documented on this show that I haven't read a ton of that stuff, so. Um, I guess, I guess I, I'm thinking more of, like, beyond the run itself like i think adams adams is really good well (laughs) let me let me finish my fucking thought here i think his run represents wally being back in the primary flash role and i think that that even though this run is shorter than a lot of the runs were that you know we're mentioning here i think that that in a way boosts it above those some of those runs in importance because it does somewhat bring Wally back to the spotlight. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, cool. What was that about the issue? Fuck me. Um, <laughs> well, I don't... I don't know. Cool. I, I don't have an opinion. I wish I could speak more authoritar- authoritar- <laughs> authoritatively <laughs> on uh, the history of Wally West comics, but I cannot, so... Okay. Well, let's blast. just get to this. So the first story in the book is called Don't Come to Central City by Jeremy Adams and Fernando Pissarin. This is the modern day team doing one last uh, story with Wally. I think it's a weird story to have them do for this last issue because it's not really about Wally. I mean, it kind of is, but this feels very much like a uh, a tacked on little bonus piece rather than a piece that sort of summarizes what their run was, right? And and maybe that's me just uh, putting too much thought into this. But usually when a run ends in an anniversary issue like this, it does sort of act as a wrap-up, whether or not for story or just for tone, the the run that preceded it. But this doesn't really seem to do that. Um, did this strike either of you as an odd way to uh, to wrap up his run as well? Well, I, I loved it. I... I... I feel like his run was 
you're right that it it reestablished Wally as a as like the Flash for the DCU and 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 that was like the major line wide thing that it did. But what was so refreshing about it was that it was just a bunch of different arcs that didn't have some ultra super meta narrative overarching thing. It wasn't trying to be the definitive Wally West run. It wasn't trying to. You know, I, I I liked Williamson's run well enough, but it was very much aiming to be like the all-encompassing definitive Barry Allen run, whether it ended up earning that or not. And so it was it was it was aiming high in a way that it there were all these beats that it was expected to hit, right? Whereas I feel like this, it was just a bunch of fun stories that were fairly. Um, uh, this isn't really eloquent an eloquent way to put it, but they were more or less kind of random. You never like it, like you never knew what the next arc would be. He could go from like an intergalactic wrestling match to taking his daughter know, to a dance. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so you're right that this isn't the way that arcs normally wrap up, especially like when they're not like this. Is, I wouldn't call. Adam's run on this character, a filler run at all. It, I mean, it was pretty substantial. Um, so normally they do get a more like formal ending, but I, I loved this because it, it was, it was almost got him to central city boogaloo. You know, it was the, the Batman animated series episode where all the villains talk about how they almost got Batman, uh-huh. except it was, it was inverse because it's like here, Here's why you can't get the Flash mm-hmm. uh, in Central City, and I love that. I love that as a as an idea, as a story. You got to see a bunch of villains that don't normally—they're not Flash villains necessarily. And uh, you know whether it had anything to do with Adam's run or not, I, it was just a damn good one-off story. Mm-hmm. I thought. That- yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I thought I. As like a capper to a run, I I did think it was kind of disappointing. Um, especially since it didn't really highlight much of the Flash family stuff that I feel like was so important to this run as well. Um, mm-hmm. Even though we did just have the one minute war or whatever that did that too. But um, it it I, I liked it for the reasons that that Vince mentioned, liking it to that to that Gotham story. Um, weirdly, the thing that I liked, I think like the weirdest thing about it that is like is the biggest callback to the run was the fact that Fernando Perseran was the artist on it, who and who who has kind of become the artist I most uh, associate with this run, even though we've talked at length about how, you know, Passerin isn't the best fit for a flash book, but he also just came to define the look and feel of this run so much in my head that it, it's fitting that he comes back to write the, to, to draw the last story. So um, it was kind of weirdly comforting in that way, but also kind of underwhelming for me that that's my take. Yeah, I think that's basically how I feel about things too, Zach. That's a well, it's a well-stated uh, critique of this. I think as a one-off story, it's great. It reminds me, in addition to 
the Gotham episode that Vince mentioned. It also reminds me, and I, I reference this fucking episode all the time, the Flash Day episode of Justice League Unlimited, where um, it's it's a great Wally centric episode, and uh, it just shows how Wally is different than the other heroes. Like there's a part where he shows up at a bar where the tri- I think it's the trickster is, and he's like talking about how he's he's off his medication and how he should be taking better care of himself and just like it's a really great episode of sort of showing sort of showing you why Wally's different, and so this does that in a way too, but. Like Zach said, to me, this run has all been about the establishment or the reestablishment of the Flash family. And to have that so absent from this did feel a little uh, a a little disappointing, even though the the Flash family does show up in a couple other stories. And we'll get to that uh, in in just a bit. Um, And also, like Zach said, you know, Passaran is sort of the I do one of the two sort of uh you know more uh, more cons- uh, consistently featured artists from this run but he also kind of sucks <laughs> I, as a flash artist i like pisarin's work elsewhere i don't love him as a flash artist and so i feel like this is in a way this is uh a bit of a bummer also for th- for that reason but overall i i thought there was some good stuff here i do like the idea of Central City being this like this place that criminals are afraid to go to. I think that's a fun little wrinkle to add to the the Central City mythos. Um, I, I thought it was especially funny that they were, you know, like comparing all the cities and, you know, they were like, Coast City, the, the Green Lanterns are never there, so it's perfect. And <laughs> yeah. Hub City, uh, that that's like the question, right? Um, yes. And, yeah, and more, more concerned with organized crime, which is... Um, I don't know. I just thought that was a you know cute little bit of dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's what made this so great. It it felt. It's one of those things that that you know Marvel can do a story like this, but I think DC will always be better at this sort of story that plays upon the mythology of the world, or or, or tries to expound upon it a little you know whereas marvel takes place more or less in 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 regular america right just the legacy that these different cities have and then seeing these different villains from different corners of the dcu coming together to talk about it it's it's all something that for my money dc is is better at and and it's what i want to see from them this reminds me of I mean, this is like something Mark Wade would write, I think. And I mean that as like the highest compliment where like one thing that Wade historically has loved to do for decades is think about an aspect of DC lore or of DC's f- framework or world and and really dig in and expound upon it and compare and contrast. And I think Adams is so good at that. And I think that's why his flash run was so good. There's a very similar tack that's being taken, I think. And that's a segue into the next. Yes, it is. Sorry. It is. I was going to take it. Uh, the next story, which is called The Max in the Mirror, written by Mark Wade, illustrated by Todd Nock. And uh, this story. And, takes if, place... and if Michael Jackson were singing a song called Max in the Mirror, what would that sound like, Brian? 
Uh, I'm not touching that with a ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but the, I love that it takes place between issues six and seven of Impulse. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the great part was the editor's note said like, "Yes, Impulse had his own comic. Ask your parents," <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was fantastic. Um, but I thought this was a, a fun little story. I think this does this does a nice job of showing younger Wally and sort of Wally and Bart's relationship, which was very rocky at the time. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't make Wally look like a dick, but it it almost does. Like it, it borders on him being a dick, um, and it, it just gives you a nice reminder of what the stories that Wade was writing at this time were like. And Knox art to me is so wonderfully nineties. Oh, that so this all, that this this just felt like a a, a warm blanket from a, from a, on, a, on a chilly night. I I loved every bit of this. Zach, what did you think of this? Um, yeah, again, I you know I don't really have any strong associations with this run. One one of these days, I need to go back and read it. Um, but I'm I'm a sucker for everything that Knock is doing lately, and I know that um, wasn't Mike Waringo kind of the main artist. Yes, on he was. Yes. this era and like Humberto, Humberto Ramos did um, Impulse, right? And yes, I think um, Knock is a is a good uh, uh, is kind of doing like a fun mix of both artists in a way. Um, so, or or at least maybe not intentionally doing it, but his style kind of fits in that uh, sphere anyway. So Absolutely. it's a really inspired pick, I think, to do this story. Um, yeah, it was it was really fun. Like you said, I I think it highlights a a very different side of Wally. Um, it works really well, I think, coming off of the Adams run, which featured Jay, not Jay, sorry, Max and and Bart so so much. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it a lot and, and, you know, Wade is doing a lot of this kind of stuff in his work at DC. It'd be, it'd be fun to see him revisit this era again, maybe in like world's finest or something, or, uh, the teen Titans book later on, uh, Mm -hmm. in some capacity, it'd it'd be cool or its own thing. Who knows? Vince, what'd you think of this? I loved it. I, anytime Todd knock does anything, I'm there. Um, I think it's, oh, the best looking story in this book, I think. And, um, and yeah, just a fun little, uh, kind of puzzle that, that Wade sets up and knocks down with, with Bart figuring out how to use that gun. And it's done in a very fun flash way where it's, it's charged up by, uh, speed basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just, really delightful and the fact that it takes place within the impulse run i i love that dc lets a creator do that you know mm-hmm. i i feel like that sort of thing was off the table for a while and uh and whether whether it's uh wade just being given a little bit of a grandfathering in or whether dc's starting to allow a little bit more of that i i just Again, I think it makes the whole DCU a little richer to be able to do things like that. So, yeah, I I don't know. Do you think DC wouldn't have let someone do this in a anniversary book five years ago? I I don't think they would have been as explicit about it, but I don't know. 
they I don't feel like they would have had a, a box saying this literally takes place. <laughs> fair, okay, fair enough. You fair know enough. what I mean? Yeah, they, yeah they, sure. They've done similar things, but they've kind of let it hang up in the air, right? I don't know. No, I think that's I, that's that's maybe fair. Um, they let it all hang out, just like the Great Weezer song. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Was that one Hurley, yeah. or was that Ratitude, or was that... I couldn't tell you. I don't listen to those garbage albums. Oh, don't tell. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he doesn't listen to it, folks. You, yeah. No, the I, Hurley I album have... is canceled for for other reasons now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, I I made my my mixes of the best songs of those albums. So that's the only way I listen to those. And albums, you didn't so. include "Let It All Hang Out." Let me check. Hang on. <laughs> I have to go through it's my. The uh... last day of the weekend. I need some relief. No, I definitely don't include that song. Uh... That is the weakest of my um, uh, of my collaboration collaborative albums because both those albums are trash. No, they're good. That Michael Sarah song. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. The one with Michael Sarah in it. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't. I never saw that. Video. How, you're the Weezer guy. You have to know. I was the Weezer guy for a specific period of time, and then again, Brian, you're the guy who was telling us that the Seasons albums were good, not like a fortnight ago. You're. But, then let me finish. I was a Weezer guy. Then I wasn't. Then I've reclaimed it at a certain point. But this is this is the time when I was when I was not listening to Weezer at all. Yeah, and that's like that's their like lowest era. It is. I yes. I mean, I, me, I don't blame the super fan for jumping off at that point. I no. dropped off after Make Believe, and I came back on with Everything Will Be All Right in the end. I missed the three worst albums. I've listened to those albums a couple of times. No, the Red Album's good. Red Album is not good. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> no, good. it's not. It's better than everything they did after everything will be all right in the end. The White Album is much better than that. I don't think so. I listened to it once. Oh. It was fine. Red Album has more more heart. And I like soul. how on one hand I'm the super fan, so I should know everything, but also my opinion doesn't matter. Okay, cool. Anyway, moving on to the third story in this book. Uh, this one's called Flash Family, cleverly titled by uh, Joshua Williamson and Carmody D. G. Domenico, and um. I want Vince to start talking about this one. Um, this is the one that was kind of the most like uh, wrote to me. It was like uh, Williamson didn't really have a story to tell. Just kind of wanted to honor. Like wanted to honor his time with the flash, but also include Wally a little. And in that way, I guess, because he didn't get to use Wally too much in that. He would pop up from time to time. I don't think this is necessarily needed, but I do like the the D. Gian Domenico art. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the story. It's just that this is very much the most like. uh, You might not have a story, but 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 try to come up with something, okay? And right. and Williamson going ah yeah all right I will, um, and and it's just kind of a tour of Williamson's run, from the perspective of a guy who who wasn't in it that much, because you do see like Godspeed and you see those two I forget that the we'll couple talk about in... them. let's talk about them in a minute okay let's okay let's... all right yeah Put yeah, a pin yeah. In that that's fine yeah yeah yep. 
Uh, Zach, what did you think of this? Uh, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, that's really, yeah. That, that's sort of how I feel, too. I mean, I love seeing DJ Domenico's art because that dude is just a very, very good artist. And I think a very good Flash artist specifically, just the best Flash artists that we've talked about this ad nauseum, just have this, like, sense of... um just perpetual motion in what they're drawing. And I feel like everything Gian Domenico draws, you can, you just, it looks like it's just bursting with, uh, with movement. So, um, you know, I loved that part of it, but the story is pretty slight. Um, so those two people from the future, are those their grandkids? I kind of feel like those are their grandkids. Well, th- that's it? from his run. I can't remember right. what it was. Exactly. Kinda, yeah. So like they have like there are. Hold on. I think I know who they are. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're the they're the tornado twins. They're they're yeah, yeah, Don yeah. and Don Allen. But aren't those their grandchildren? Uh. I, no. There's no way of knowing. So, yeah, hold on. Don is the father of Bart Allen. Is oh, okay, so, so they're further down the line. Okay. What? Yeah, what is Barry re- in relation to Bart? Isn't he his great-grandfather? There's no way of knowing. Wait, no, I think Bart, isn't Bart way younger than that? Hang on, let me see. No, I mean, Bart, it may, because they go to the future. So Bart is uh, originally was from the 30th century, right? But their kids, their their kids go to the future. Yes, he his grandfather is Barry Allen. Yeah. Okay, so then those are Barry's kids. Those are Barry's kids. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like all of that is 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 fine and good, like Vince was saying, but it really does feel like it's not a Wally story. Um. Oh yeah, no, it's like a it's a full on Barry story, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's fine. It is what it is, right? Um sure. yeah. But you know for for the art, it's fine, and for the uh the little bit of connection to an earlier run, it's fine. I mean, I, I will say they should have got Dan Abnett to write a titans of rebirth era story oh, for this. because uh-huh. that was when Wally came back was in that run um and that way we get to see some sweet sweet brett booth pizza art too <laughs> so, what's brett know. booth doing these days uh i think he's working for shit i just saw his i just saw a credit for him pop up recently um uh, uh, that's remember. that that's all right it's probably better if we don't know <laughs> That's definitely true. Um. All right, real quick, I just looked at his Google because I mean, it's, it's fuck his Google, his Twitter. Oh, he checked his Google. No, I googled him <laughs> on his. I don't know if this is a joke or not. This is his exact Twitter bio: gunslinger artist. I use an HB. Oh yeah, he's on the gunslinger. No, the the Spawn comic. Yes, but lo- 
I'm, that's not the important part here. Okay. I use a blank mechanical pencil. Sketch cover commissions nine thousand dollars. Do you think that's actually <laughs> true, or is that a joke? Um, nine thousand every penny. <laughs> he has a Patreon that is the same exact price break, almost the same exact price that price breakdown as ours. Um, one nine thousand seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. How much pizza do I get for nine thousand dollars? <laughs> Maybe you know. I wonder. Is he saying nine thousand right now because he's too busy to do them? But if somebody takes him up on that, he'll be like, "Yeah, okay." Oh, that's that 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 might be the good point. Yeah. Yeah. And then, he like, just, if he, he just needs somebody to find the medicine for his grandma so that he can lower the cost of his goods in the shop, that's a side yeah. quest in Tears of the Kingdom. Oh God. Of course <laughs> God. it is. Uh, all right. Next story is Blitzback by Jeff Johns and Scott Collins. Blitzball. Oh, sorry. Again, my my computer keeps autocorrecting things in the notes app, and it's annoying. Blitzball. No, no. no he's making, a, he's okay. making a Final Fantasy. Joke. Okay, sorry. But <laughs> yeah. seriously, my notes app is the most aggressive autocorrector, so I wouldn't be surprised oh, if it did. Uh, <laughs> that anyway, I it. yeah. This is the worst story in the book. Because yeah, it does I, it does, it does nothing. No, I think it's worse. I think it's better than the than the Williamson one. But... Oh no. Oh no. This is even less about Wally than that is. Yeah, but I don't need them all to be about Wally and I'm just glad it's not a Captain Cold story. I would prefer <laughs> yeah, a Captain I like Cold Zoom. story. Zoom what? Zoom is a good character, but there's we just don't need Johns to do another Captain Cold story. We don't need to do anything, but that's a whole other story. We don't. Um, that's true. I thought that this was. I thought that this this one was interesting because it actually seemed to. I I I don't think it was, but I think you could be forgiven for thinking that this was like setting up Zoom as like a thing again. Mm-hmm. No, I had the same thought, but I think John's just can't help himself in that way. Oh yeah, I think he he can only do zoom and captain cold stories at this point when it comes to flash i think yeah yes agreed um no the the reason that this was so uh annoying to me is because all this is doing is reestablish. like it's it doesn't this didn't further the zoom thing at all like nothing new about zoom was revealed here nothing new about wally was revealed here it's all it is is a rehash of stories we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for an issue like this, there's only two potential audiences for this story. People who already know Zoom like Zach and say, oh, shit, Zoom's fun. Let's get a Zoom story. Who got nothing from this because there's nothing new here. Or the folks who don't know Zoom who want Zoom to maybe be a thing. But this doesn't make Zoom a thing. It just rehashes. It's the worst of both worlds is is what I'm saying. I do Um, kind of wonder. I don't know what story. I wonder if this is like in the John's run or if it's been more recently and I don't know it. But I wondered uh, like when he found out that like Thon, 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 not Thon. That's a a different thing. Uh, Thon was like responsible for orchestrating that whole thing. Um because that's also like very in line with like Thon orchestrating like Barry's or killing Barry's mom. And it's like, it's almost setting up Zoom for like a Flashpoint event. You know what I mean? Um, 
I, I'm just kind of, I was reading that. I was like, oh, when did that happen? I have no idea. And there's no way of knowing. <laughs> I was say there's no way of knowing when that happened. Yeah, but someone, hopefully, someone in the in the Patreon in the Discord knows. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this just felt like a waste. Um, especially because again, like you know, I know we have fun shitting on Johns in the show often, but Johns is you know one of the three or four most important Wally creators of all time, and they could have done a fun book about a uh, fun story about Wally here but instead they didn't and that's just a bummer um I do always like seeing Scott Collins flash art though yes Scott Collins on the flash is is a wonderful thing and that brings us to the tease of the new run between love and you Man, I, can't, I can't wait to hear Vince talk Mike about this. yeah let, 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 let's let Vince kick this off because oh boy I can't wait to hear his gushing praise about this book. Well, let, let me just say, for starters, I didn't hate it. Okay. But it was so predictable how many fucking words would be in this thing. <laughs> I mean, I... I it, God, give me an over-under and I would have taken the over. Just just with the name of the writer alone. Um, Also... I don't love Diodato as an artist. I never have. Um, I think he gets a little uncanny valley at times with the with the features and the uh, and the characters and everything. Um, however, if I didn't like the right the the the. What, how do I want to say it? If I didn't like the ingredients of writer and artist here, I actually like the execution of the story to a certain degree. And what I mean by that is I, I don't like the, the, the line work or whatever, but I, the panel work, the kind of the way that Diodato laid a lot of this out is really fascinating to me, really great for the type of story it was telling, which is that Wally has to, um, escape from this dinner in like just a few nanoseconds and come back without um, Linda. Why does that? It's Linda, right? Yeah. It's Linda. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why that sounded wrong in my head for a second, but uh, without her realizing that he's gone and the way that that's depicted in these tons and tons and tons of, of miniature panels kind of lined up and, you know, there's so many panels on a page and the way they're laid out is really, really pleasing to my eye and to my sensibilities for a flash story. And then even if I felt like, like the, it was overwritten, like there were too many words. I did like the way that Wally's perspective was delivered to us from a, uh, like internal monologue standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like I thought, I thought that writing was pretty good. There was just, way too much of it for me um and maybe that's that's a give and take you just have to when you when you write in that style maybe that's just what you end up with you know right um so i didn't hate it i mean there were things i'm i'm a little i'm a little fascinated by it i i think like it's promising it's pro the way that he's that spurrier and diodato seem to think about the flash and depict the Flash as a character and as a hero, I'm into. Even if 
the building blocks of that I don't love. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. And I will um I will agree with a lot of what you said. But first I want to hear from Zach. Gee, I may come away the coldest on this then, surprisingly. I mm. I and I'm like the size spurrier You're the apologist. Spurrier I'm the spurrier boy. Yeah. Um I just thought the whole section of Wally in that in the speed force or in that like alternate dimension fighting uh the the villain who I, I guess do we want to like wait and talk about who that was at the end? Is it is it okay if I say who it was? Sure. Yeah, so it was it was Mirror Master. Um, but just uh, that whole section and all of the things that Spurrier was putting into Wally's mouth were, it was just not fun to read. I, I don't think because none of it, none of it made sense. And I, I feel like it's the kind of thing that this issue feels like what I think other people think a Morrison comic is like, oh yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's a that's actually a really, really well stated opinion there. Yeah, like people who don't like Morrison, this is really actually what they think a Morrison comic is like, which is just absolute nonsense words that are probably you know real things, but applied in a way that are you know, incomprehensible to the layman and and you kind of just have to run with it and say, okay, Wally run fast, break glass. Wow. It's like every Spurrier comic then. That's not true though. Cause I've read a <laughs> lot is. of Spurrier comics that don't do this. Um, do no, they don't. They don't. Um, his, his X-Men stuff has been really good and it's not like this. Um, the, 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 um, what is his name? Xavier's son. Um, yeah, Legion. Legion. Yeah, yeah. His Legion comic is exactly that. Okay, well, so I like, and that's you one of his the, most. You mean the one from a few years ago from Marvel now? Yeah. Okay, so I haven't read that one. I'm thinking more like the more recent stuff he's done in in the Krakoa era, mm. um, which is not so much like this. Um, but yeah, I just didn't think that this was an enjoyable read. Um, I think that the uh, you know, kind of like Eldritch Horror aspect of this is cool, but we already knew that that was going to be in this, and this doesn't really do a lot with that yet, other than kind of tease some of it. Um, and I did think that Diodato did a good job with some of that stuff, but again, um, you know, he's just too static of an artist to to really fit a flash book for me. I do think that this is a better turn for him than, like, I guess my biggest touch touchstone for him prior to this was the um the original sin event that jason aaron wrote um you know i guess gosh coming up on like a decade ago now um and i i was expecting something like that and just kind of really dreading this but it's a it's a little bit less postery and pinupy um but still not quite what i'd want from a flash book yeah, so I had a really weird um, thought while reading this, which is that this feels, this first issue, or this, this first preview, rather, this feels like a really good installment of, like, a Night Terrors-esque Flash story. 
Sure. Like, I would like to read a two to three issue version of this where the story is limited, but not tiny, where you get enough of this to sort of satisfy that. Oh, that was fun. But you don't have to deal with this for the long term. I am already exhausted thinking about this run (laughs) because I don't want this many words in my Flash comics and I don't want this uh, this static art in a Flash comic. Uh, Although we have, you know, many times talked about the the sort of insistence that DC keeps having on putting these very posed artists on on a flash book but this i i could dig this for a short run and the tone is dark enough that this doesn't feel like regular flash to me it feels like like something different which again like i'm not opposed to that as a as a way to tell a new flash story but this just doesn't the story just doesn't interest me i love some of the panel work like vince was saying when time starts you know getting away from Wally and the panels are breaking him up and all that. I thought that was really cool. And actually we'll talk about something on the Patreon tonight that kind of reminded me of this. So patreon.com slash DC three cast. But I just felt like this is going to be a flash comic that is going to be, and we've been using these terms a lot lately, a fino, a flash in name only where it's, (laughs) it's not going to feel like, a speedster comic because of the two people writing writing and drawing it because the art is so staid and uh you know glacial in its movements and because the writing quite literally weighs it down so while i liked elements of this and i thought that in the broad strokes it did well i really don't want to do this for a year or however long this run's going to be it, it is kind of like, it is an interesting little gimmick, I guess, in a way of almost, you know, Spurrier is such a cerebral writer. And, and this is a, a book where the majority of the things happening are happening, you know, in, in the span of seconds, you know, or, you know, less than seconds. It's, it's, it's the slowest flash book you'll ever read because everything is moving so fast. You know what I mean? Sure. Yes. Uh, which is really weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I still like have some hope for this book, but it doesn't feel like, but just based on the premise alone, it doesn't feel like more than a, a 12 issue prestige kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's fair. And again, just, I know that the whole point of doing comics is to surprise people and to do things that are different than what you expect. But there's also some things that just work really well. And I don't know why DC seems to want to follow up things that work well with things that are like so diametrically opposed to it. And this just feels like a bad, I don't know, just a bad, a a bad overreact, overcorrection to the tone of the Adams run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a break and when we return. We're going to talk about Steelworks number one. So stay tuned. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. 
Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. And we're back with Steelworks number one, written by Michael Dorn, illustrated by Sammy Bossery. For those that don't remember, Michael Dorn is an actor famous for Star Trek, among other things. And um, this uh, somewhat piggybacks off of the new status quo that we see introduced in Philip Kennedy Johnson's Action Comics a few issues back. Uh, so let's start with Zach. What did you think of Steelworks number one? So I thought it was very interesting, but probably for all of the wrong reasons. Um, I could not get over the fact that it seemed like this book was a holdout, a holdover from like the rebirth era that was repurposed into something because of how much like rebirth era art was in this. (laughs) Um, like there was a whole splash page that had like the, like, uh, Kong Keenan and his new Superman outfit and it had, you know lana lang as superwoman and it had um uh lex as superman and and it it was like but none of that stuff was being called back to this is all like squarely rooted and all the editors box are all calling back to like the recent events in action 1050 and and subsequent issues and so there, there was i just couldn't I, I just thought it was very perplexing, um, some of the, the art choices in this issue. Um, but uh, otherwise, I thought it was, you know, fine. I thought it was interesting. I think this is a, about what I expected it would be, which is a, a, a kind of fun supplemental book to the, uh, the Superman line. Um, one that, you know, plays well with the the kind of modern status quo, but also highlighting a lot of the nostalgic parts of Superman, um, you know, steals a character that's like very much rooted in the nineties and death of Superman. And uh, you get some of that here. There's, you know, you see Bibbo's bar. Uh, Superman. Superman. So there's, a, you know, there's a lot of that. It's fun. I, this is a book I'm really glad that exists. And I think it does. Um, it, it, it moves, you know, s- steel and natasha um forward uh in in an interesting way without you know feeling too rooted in that nostalgia so yeah i thought i thought it was fine yeah i i more or less agree with everything you said about this zach um i thought this was better than i expected it to be and that's no, you know, necessarily shade thrown at Dorn as a writer. I've never read anything he's written before. I've only seen him on Star Trek and whatnot. Um, but this seemed to have a little bit more of a personality and a little bit more of a point of view than we often get from these like stunt writer um, comics that happen. It also helps that Sammy Bossery is an artist I've been a fan of for many years. I think Bossery does a nice job here. Um, I like the status quo that this sets up of Steel and Natasha of, of John and Natasha being a part of Metropolis and adjacent to the super family, but not really 
like a um not working hand in hand with the super family, but rather doing something different to give the super family sort of a, a foil to work off of. I like continuing the John Henry Lana Lang story. I I thought this was this was pretty good. I mean, there is nothing in this issue that blew me away, either conceptually or from a visuals perspective or from a, a great moment of writing. But I think that this is a perfectly crumpulent uh, steel comic. Vince? Yeah, I totally agree with you guys, with what you guys are saying as far as like, I, I was surprised in particular at one point of view that it had. Um and that was the the uh, John Henry's philosophy um, about turning Metropolis into more of a self-sufficient city versus one that relies on superheroes all the time. Um, and I, I don't know that I am immediately willing to buy that as a story. However, I think it's an interesting place to start and I'm willing to see where it goes and, and potentially you could get something good out of that. I guess I just don't, and this isn't Michael Dorn in particular, this is any writer. I, I almost don't trust any writer at DC to actually take that story to some extreme where it's interesting. You, you know Especially what I'm saying? Not in six issues. Yeah. Yeah. However, if, if he does, that's, there's a lot of potential there. And so I, I, the fact that he's even going there, like you said, Brian, not really what you expect from from as you put it, a stunt writer or an, you know an actor writer brought in, you know, not somebody who's written a ton of comics, not somebody who's in the the gears at DC working around trying to write some in continuity stuff, right? Um, typically, typically not what you see. So I'm very interested in that. It reminds me of um, there was an issue of Superman back in the Bronze Age, uh, 247. It was called Must There Be a Superman? And it was about the Guardians from the Green Lantern books um, observing Superman and saying Superman's presence on Earth has actually prevented the ad advancement of the human race and society. So can, is there some way that we can manipulate Superman to not intervene and to let humanity uh, evolve on their own rather than being stunted by Superman? And um, that was Elliot S. Megan and Kurt Swan who who did that one. And it's a very good story. It's a very interesting read, um, but it's just a one-off issue. And I think, I can't remember the last, I'm sure it's been done by other writers, but I can't remember the last time it's been done. Um, and especially not in the super books. And so I I, I really would love Dorn to, to go there with that idea and, and explore it. I, I hope... He gets there, but I'm a little skeptical. Um, but I really like that idea. The rest of this was kind of just, you know, it was just pretty good. I think the 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 conflict, there's like that that character who is living in the slums and he lost his job and family, blah, 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 when when Ameritech uh got shut down because of John Henry is is how is how this uh this other guy, this manipulative villain is gonna use this guy against against steel and he's using that to kind of trip his trigger all that is very rote that's we've seen that story a million times that's like yes the, we have that's like the um hell that's the um the batman versus superman um 
character that gets his legs crushed or whatever and then blames it on uh blames it on superman right yep you know what i'm talking about i do yeah yeah so you know we've seen that a billion times so i'm not as interested in that and i think that that's kind of a hopefully there's more of an interesting conflict built there i i hope that's not the it's i hope it's either more interesting than it's been presented here or they kind of move away from that into something more interesting but um you know that's small potatoes i think this is this is pretty good and it looks good too sammy basri you already said just a very reliable artist i think we all have at one point or another praised uh basri's work um and so i think it's just just a a really solid title like if you went out and picked this up you're, you're not going wrong with it yeah my biggest beef with this is that dc is continuing to make all of these things miniseries. And again, I know the ongoing, as we know it, is dead, blah, blah, blah. It just seems to me like there's not that much you can really expect to happen in a book like this in only six issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're already imagining kind of in, inadvertently, you're imagining the way things are going to go because of the shortened, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like I, when when I see something labeled as a mini if it doesn't blow me away, like if I'm not, oh yeah, I am in for six issues of this. I'm already building up in my head. Well, this is probably going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, by issue six, this is where we'll be. And then we won't see steel again for another year or more, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, and I, I, I wish I were, I wish I could approach these things differently, but having read like thousands of comics in my life, I just can't, that's just how I approach this stuff now. Um, yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah. Um the only other thing that I thought was kind of weird was um the whole section where uh the the guy was I, it's so it, it's the way the art presents whatever happened to that guy at the end of the issue was was very strange to me because it was like he he it seemed like he he got zapped by something and then they threw him through a wall and he came back through it. But like his clothes came off of him as he went through that wall and then they just tell him to run. And then we cut to steelworks and someone is breaking in. And so from all of that, I assume that this guy can like run through walls now and he's, he's I, but it's just. It was so quick and and almost kind of nonsensical. I don't know. Did did either of you feel like that at all? I I yes. The first time I re- I had to go back and read it one more time. Not the whole issue, just that segment. Okay. To to fully get what was going. On. I don't think that was the most elegantly sequenced scene. No, it was not. But 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 your read on it, Zach, is exactly right. That's exactly what happened. So okay. Um. You know, but yes, I did think that too. I was like, wait a minute, why is he he's like opening the door and now he's nude? And I didn't notice <laughs> I didn't notice his pile of clothes down in the you know, if we had AI to extend the image to tell us what's <laughs> going on beyond the panel, maybe we would know. Uh, uh no, but I, I agree, Zach. That part in particular, I, I did have to pour over it one more time to figure out the exact sequence of events there. Sure. Okay, good. Glad I wasn't the, the, the only one. The nudity was a good tip off though, yeah. as to what was going on. <laughs> and how yeah. often can you say that? Not often enough. Not often enough is right. 
All right. Well, that does it for this week. Vinci, what comes out next week? Next week being the 13th? Correct. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Um, a Batman Inc. number nine, Green Lantern number two, Spirit World number two, Static Team Up, Anansi number one, uh, Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, The Glass House number three, Wildcats number eight. There might be more. Our box might not be full. I believe that uh, Pride Through the Years anthology is that week as well. Oh, mm, yeah. Do, think, do we yeah. have that? That's just in a different box, right? I don't think we have it yet. Do we? Oh. I don't know. This, uh, this this is great radio, though, us wondering what we have or don't have. It um, is good. They, they like to hear. They like us to rub in their face what we get in advance. <laughs> mm-hmm. They love it. The listeners love it. Hang yeah. on. What Superman lost number four. Uh, Pride through the years. Yes, you're correct. Waller versus Wildstorm. Harley screws up the DCU. That's it then. Okay. Those are the ones I missed. Well, so you're right. You're right about the pride thing. Oh, I love that cover of that. The cover's pride great, thing. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that has the uh, I think it's Tim Sheridan written Alan Scott story in there. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds that's right. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As well as some classic pride stories. Yes. Um. Well, until then, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian is an app, and I am at the Wilk of Z. If you need to find Vince, by the time you've heard this, he has already binged. I think you should leave season three. Have which you is fun. binge season two then? I as soon as we're done tonight, I'm gonna watch the first episode of season two. Okay, very good. Yeah. Uh so I expect yeah. a report. I, I'll report once I watch the whole season. Okay. All right. Um I did though, so I, I I have been doing a daily Mets podcast, like a five minute recap podcast, and the Mets hit a couple of triples last week. And I've heard the phrase triples is best. As being a part of the thing we should believe. So I named the episode that, but I've never seen that sketch. So I have no idea. I just nice. know the phrase from Twitter. So nice. Well, that is it's one of the season two highlights. So when you it get really it, it really is. It is. It's okay. It's Bob Odenkirk. I know that in, too. Yes. I, I in know the role Bob. of a lifetime. He's terrific. <laughs> his comedic, I mean, his he's he's in a different comedic weight class from like most people you see. Yes. In the world. In the world, yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah, I, I had to use a um, like a company-provided iPad a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and there was a fucking Truth Social uh, app on there. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Come nope. on. Come on.